latest episode of 100% Real with Bearded and Boom. I am Dylan. Um, Chris is my co-host as well. We'll bring him in in a minute. Uh, today's episode, we have a jam-packed episode, ladies and gentlemen. So strap in again for a fun ride. Uh, a lot of content's coming out. We got postseason baseball. We've got NFL action, which all of it was just absolutely crazy. Uh, we've got a little bit of NHL to speak about, too. we got a bunch of hot takes to go over, NHL, MLB, uh, NFL, all of that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but let me just start off with saying you can follow the podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can listen to your podcasts. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, at Bearded and Boom. You can also follow me, Dylan, at Boom Shakalaka, on Twitter okay. and on Twitch. You can also follow Chris at Bearded Spartan on Twitter and on Twitch. So without further ado, I say we just cut the intro and jump right into it. Let me bring in Chris here. Chris, how are we doing tonight? Good, man. Good. I'm uh, I'm excited about this. This is a jam-packed uh, episode. I mean, it, this is probably one of the most content drops we've had in quite a while. Um, I'd say just not only content-wise, but just everything going on in general. Yeah. Got a lot of postseason baseball to go over. We're going to yep. actually do a postseason preview. Yep. Um, we're going to go over our picks for last week, maybe if yes. we want to change them or not. But um, then obviously the NFL action, there's a lot of crazy games. Mm -hmm. uh, spoiler alert, Giants finally got their first win. Thank God, Saquon Barkley. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's jump in a little MLB the show. All uh, right. The uh, running back program that dropped this week with uh, 99 overall future stars, Ooh. Jared Kelnick. Uh, yes. 99 overall Matt Carpenter player of the month from July 2018 and 97 overall Fernando Valenzuela. Uh, is no hitter. Yeah. Is no hitter cart from June 29th of 1990. So this is a new program you can find in Emily the Show under the player program. They also dropped a run it back pack yes. with different kind of signature series, uh, second half cards, a couple of future stars in there, a couple of award winners. Yes. Uh, a lot of good cards for collections. Uh, yep. Leading off, uh, you have 99 overall signature series, Don Mattingly. Yeah. 98 overall second half, Ed, Edwin Edwing Encarnacion. Edwing. Uh, you got two future stars, 97 overall uh, catcher for the now Washington Nationals, Kybert Ruiz, and 97 yeah. overall future stars, Nolan Gorman for the St. Louis Cardinals. And you also have another 97 overall future stars, Tariq Screwball from the starting pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. Yes. Uh, other cards in here, you have uh, 95 overall gold glove from 2012, Jason Hayward. Mm -hmm. Another gold glove from 2018, 94 overall, Andrelton Simmons. Houston Street finally gets his end game card, 94 yep. 300 save club. Uh, Luis Severino gets a 91 overall second half card here. Yeah. Steve Ciszek gets a prime 91 overall. And then Eugenio Suarez, which I thought this card was going to be pretty good up until they dropped uh, the most recent Eugenio Suarez, yep. which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, this is a 90 overall second half card from his 2019 season. Uh, I remember yes. this specifically because him and uh, Pete Alonso were going neck and neck for the home run record. Yeah. Or for the for the home run title, for the home run crown, at least when uh, Pete broke the all-time, broke Cody Bellinger's record for most home runs by a rookie in a single season. Uh, yeah. So this program features a couple of missions that have to do with the run it back players. Yep. There is a run it back showdown, which you can which you can do for 15 points. And there is a run it back conquest you can also do for 35 points. I, I they're both repeatable too as many times as you yeah. want. 
I messed up the conquest the other night on uh, on stream. Didn't get 170 fans, and I reset, so I didn't get the uh, 35 program points. So uh, rips in the chat. So I'll have to go back and do that at some point. But uh, that's that was unfortunate. We also yeah. also this week again huge content <laughs> drop from the show. We got a new rank seasons. Yep. Yes. Uh, 99 overall milestone. Lou Gehrig is finally I love in the this game. Card. Uh, 125. 125, 125 right, 123, 115 left. He's got 80 fielding. I mean, the card is everything you kind of want yeah. in, in a Lou Gehrig card. Uh, oh. He's got great, great contact power versus right. Again, solid versus lefties. He's got. I can't wait to get my hands got, on this card. He's got gold fielding over there, at first base. So yeah. yeah. Also, um, we have the met goat uh 99 overall signature series billy wagner in a mets uniform yeah that so i've been playing ranked seasons for the last two days now (laughs) well i mean that billy wagner is an end game card his his stuff's amazing he's got outlier he's got 122 hits per nine and 125 k's per nine i mean he's gonna be nasty yeah, and it's obviously it's a Mets card, so I'm a little Mets biased with that. I yep. will play rank seasons until my eyes bleed now. Yeah. Um, started off hot on the streams. I'll tell you what, last night, last night went seven and two. Tonight went uh, I split, went two and two, but uh, we're we're getting there. We're we're gonna get at least thirty wins this this. If I don't make if I don't make World Series, I'll be happy taking my thirty wins and and going home. Going yep. home happy. Same here. Uh, also, new uh, pennant race rewards. You got 98 yeah. overall MVP Rod Carew, and yeah. you also have uh, 97 overall milestone no hitter from May 19, 2008, John Lester. Which I used this card in uh, on stream tonight in ran in rank seasons. Pitched pretty well. He's got a sinker cutter. Uh, he's got 115 hits per nine, so it's usable. It's very usable in All Star. That's why I was asking. I was asking you when you're playing how you liked him because uh, I I'm kind of thinking about throwing him in for another lefty in my bullpen. Yeah, he he's good. He's good. The weird thing about the way that I pitch with analog is if I want to throw a front door cutter, I can't really throw it very well with a lefty just because of the way the thumb motion is. I'm better <laughs> off going to my left side than going to my right yeah. side. So when I was pitching with Felix Hernandez, I was dotting that front door cutter. Yep. But when I'm pitching with John Lester, I'm I'm throwing it like right over the plate. So yeah. it's really it's really different, especially if you want to throw that front door cutter that a lot of people generally throw. Um and, and so yeah, but I mean if if you can throw that front door cutter, if you could dot that sinker, yep. if you can get them off speed with the changeup, that card is very usable. The fastball sneaky, it's about ninety four ninety five. Okay. So it's a pretty usable card, I'll say, at least an all-star. Obviously, you get into the 700s, you get the Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, you know, yeah I didn't really check out yeah, his stats, but it hits per nine. I, I, don't, I don't think that fastball is going to – you're not going to blow anybody away. But uh, No, and, and the, I think the sad thing is I think once everybody times up the fastball, I think all of his speeds are kind of close. Yeah, because then basically you're relying on the sinker at that point, and yeah. then it's you just really – you really have to dot it, which – yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, the the Oswald the Oswald card. Like, yeah, yeah. Once definitely. you time up one of his pitches, you kind of time all, all definitely, of them. definitely. So also today they dropped first the first of four postseason events. Yes. Uh, so these are the events that are going to go throughout the playoffs, uh, starting with the starting with the wild card. Yep. You can use wild card teams, everything like that. Then they'll move in the division series. Obviously, teams that make the division series. Uh, spoiler alert! Like the Red Sox did tonight, unfortunately uh-huh. beating beating your Yankees. Um, yeah, so, you'll be, well. so you'll be able to use those teams that make the DS. 
Uh, and then again, uh, using cards or using teams that'll make the NL the, the league championship series. And then mm-hmm. finally using the two teams that make the world series. So yes. pretty interesting, uh, interesting rewards for this one. We yeah. Have three of them, a 98 overall signature series, Burt Blylevin, which generally Burt Blylevin doesn't play very well in the game, mm-hmm. but it's, it's good to see at least they've gotten some people back. I know they've lost some rights. They've gotten some rights. We hadn't yeah. seen I think we saw. I think there's a gold Burt Bly Levin, so it's good that yes. he, I guess, finally gets his uh, gets his due. I haven't looked at the card yet myself, but I haven't uh, really either. Um, but uh, we also have. A, I, I'm assuming you're going to look that up, so I'll, I'll move on. Yeah, uh, we have a 99 there. overall finest Anthony Rendon. This is a throwback. Yes, from I believe last year. And uh, if it's anything like the card last year, the guy is going to be a fantastic. The guy is going to be, I mean, it's a, it's a very usable card. I think I ended up using it end game. Um, so that is, sorry, it's MLB the show 19, which I do yeah. remember. I did use this card end game. And <laughs> I would not game. use that by bluffing card at all. His hits per no. nine are 88. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So just how I sounded, Bly 11, probably not good. Uh, Anthony Rendon, 111, 93 versus right, 107, 106 versus left. So again, 2019 the show card is what that one was. It's fine. Yep. Yep. Uh, so very serviceable. He's got gold yep. defense over there, third base. You can play him at first. You can play him at second. Yep. Uh, the other reward, and I guess you could call it the boss reward for the yeah. uh, postseason event, 99 overall milestone, 939 stolen brace record, uh, Ricky Henderson. Now, you yeah. and I speculated uh, a couple episodes ago that – uh, we would see this Ricky Henderson card at part of TA4. I, I did, yeah. We so did. It's, so Well, we both did. So it's good to see that they actually brought this out because, I, I mean, I, it was going to be a given, especially with the milestone this year. I really, oh. thought, it, I really thought it was a given, and it's, it's uh, just good to see this card. I thought it might have been in like a – like a seventh or eighth inning thing too, you know what I mean? And not... well, we are we are for the first time ever getting uh, TA Team Affinity season five at some point. It hasn't yeah. been a hundred percent confirmed yet, but a lot of the community is speculating that that's also going to be finest. Um, yeah, because again, TA four last year was finest, so we haven't seen finest yet. I think finest generally comes out after, like right at the end of the postseason, just after right. kind of into the off season. So we'll be looking forward to that. Uh-huh. There are some uh, event re- uh, rewind packs. You can yes. get uh, previous event rewards. Three of them, like actually. Todd Helton, Javi Baez yeah. from the last event, Ralph Kiner, Jose Altuve, Lucas Giolito. Yeah, I mean, there are nope. three of them in here. There's a Field of Dreams pack. There's an All-Star Game pack. So if you're There's uh, two uniform rewinds, too. Yep. I so, mean... so if you're an event goon and you like grinding out events, this has uh, 80 wins as its cap. So it's going yeah. go, to go probably the whole month of October all the way it- through. This Henderson card does look nice though, because he's got 99 speed, 99 steel, and 99 base aggression. Oh yeah, so, well it's it's Ricky yeah. Henderson. I'm just gonna say that that I'm, that I'm thing's gonna be a bitch. I'm surprised they didn't give him like like 125 speed. You know what I mean? Like I this guy. I'm I mean, just saying this card is not gonna be fun when they get him on the base. I mean, in through the 80s and the 90s, the guy's basically the fastest man in cool. baseball. So. Um, well, he's just gonna like you thought trying to catch Jackie Robinson was bad. You just wait for that guy. Oh yeah, because I mean that that ain't gonna be fun. That's ninety nine over ninety nine speed is base Ricky Henderson. You wait till yeah. you parallel that card. That's that's gonna be oh, tough God. to get. That's gonna be tough. Yeah, to get. you parallel all of his things for base stealing and running crap. Oh my God. So the other thing, the other piece of content that was dropped today, we got September yes. play the final player of the month program for MLB yes, the show. Did. 
for MLB The Show 21. It was 99 overall lightning. Tyler O'Neill. Uh, his card is beefy. Uh, he's that got 125 nice. contact and power mm-hmm. versus left. He's got some. De- he's got some really good contact versus right. Yes. 99 speed, diamond defense out there in left field. So I, he's. I will tell you, he will be on my bench. He's going to be very usable. If, yeah. if 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 it wasn't for Hank Aaron, yeah, coming out in, like, seventh, yeah. in in this in this program, I would 100 yeah. percent use him in left field once again. Definitely. Once like Super Tractor Trout, which. Your boy's getting close. We're less, <laughs> we're less than 2,000 PXP away. We got almost 300 oh. PXP tonight on stream. Nice. So, so Mike Trout, Super and Fractor. Also, Michael Conforto, Super Fractor, is going pretty well. We're almost parallel right? three. Just to, just to give you, know, you a quick update there. The, with this Player of the Month program, I actually wasn't disappointed with any of the cards. No. Like, nope. usually we have some cards where we're like, oh, really? What's this? Well, I think, I think with these the, ones were good. I think with the disappointment of the entire program last month, they kind of wasn't, I mean, I have I have that Devin Williams card in my bullpen. Yeah, and I did give up a home run, but I pitched I pitched a clean inning. Then I left him out there for another, you know, another inning, and yeah. I, I I gave up a home run. But I mean, the card's good. It's Devin Williams. He's got a good pitch mix. That's probably the only really card that's going to even touch my my lineup. From that, um, yeah. but for this one, I could see a couple of them. We I have. Know. Uh, 96 overall, Adbert Alzole, yeah, uh, relief pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. He's got a five pitch mix sinker cutter. Yes, he's only got 101 hits per nine though, so it's kind of like, eh, it's it's over it, that kind of threshold where I don't be okay using it. Right, probably but once you not, get higher, but probably not on Hall of Fame. Oh. Uh, we also have a 96 overall relief pitcher, Camilo Duval. Yep, uh, slider four seam cutter. Four seam's gonna sit 99. Does not have outlier though. Yeah. but still, I mean, a, a pretty good. He's cutter. got a funky release too. He's got a funky release. He's got 99 break on his slider. So yep. for a three pitch card, it's it's pretty it's damn not good horrible. card. Yeah. Uh, 97 overall left fielder Austin Hayes. We had a really good month for the Baltimore Orioles. It's not a bad card either. I've been not using it. Card. Contact versus right's a little low, but yes. uh, against lefties, it's still serviceable. Yeah. Again, it's a good, great card to use an all-star. Yeah. Uh, 97 overall Ian Happ, left fielder for the Chicago Cubs. Great because he can play play yes. all over the outfield. He can play second and third base. Uh, he's he's a switch hitter, 96-125 versus Bright, yeah. 175 versus left. So power against left's a little low, so I wouldn't use that probably against lefties. Uh, starting pitcher, 97 overall, Ranger Suarez. Right. Fuck, fuck the Phillies, so we're just going to, you know, we're going to move on. Uh, <laughs> sorry, there's the there's the Mets fan coming out at me. Oh, the salty uh, moment there, Jesus. We've got, uh, we've got 97 overall relief pitcher, Lucas Sims. Yep. Again. Doesn't have a cutter sinker. 108 no. hits for nine, so probably not going to be used. Uh, 98 it's... overall third baseman. Eugenio Suarez. We got, we got, we got Gino. We got Eugenio Suarez. I like this card, man. Yeah, at 125, 120 nice. against right. I mean, if anything, he's going to oh, be yeah. a nice little, uh, nice little. Pitcher. Oh, and he's 102, 102 against lefties. So I mean, yeah. he's not bad. Well, and as we all know, Eugenio's got a glitchy swing in the game. So. Yes, he does. He like I, looks like he goes down to one knee when he swings. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah he's a, the old, uh, the old. What is it, uh, the Jose Bautista? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and oh, we Adrian, were, Adrian Beltre. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, the old, the old Adrian, the old Adrian Beltre. Well, and then when we were looking at this too, I ended up looking at his quirks when we were talking, and he and there's two quirks on him I've never seen: unfazed, and he excels at hitting with two strikes. And situational hitter he excels at driving in a runner from third with less than two outs. 
And so, boy, yeah. I definitely could use that sometimes. I know, right? Like that—that's something that. Yeah. That I've never seen that on any other card. I think I think every player on the Mets needs that quirk. By the way. Yeah. Um. Then we also the last card, uh, other than Tyler O'Neill, which we right. went over, is ninety-eight overall Lourdes Goriel Jr. Not Good a bad card. card. Yeah. Not a bad card. Not a bad card. Power versus I mean, left. It breaks the threshold at eighty-six. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna have probably gold fielding out there or silver defense. Diamond defense. Uh, it says diamond field. because his arm accuracy is a little up. Uh, he's got seventy-nine uh, fielding, so he's gonna have the silver badge out there in left field. Yeah. But again, another guy that can play all. He can play most of the infield. He can play the corner. And he's, yep. So. And he's got the clutch factor of one twenty-five. So I mean, he's yeah. He's gonna be in. He's gonna be clutch for you if you need somebody. Uh, decent vision at eighty-three. So I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, these cards, like we said, like these ones, I'm not disappointed with any of them this time yeah. around. So the they other... actually did it, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and, and it'll be interesting to see once the card art actually loads in the game what it, what it's actually. Oh really? I can see all the card arts. You can see all the card arts. Yeah, yeah I, I currently cannot see Lourdes Goriel Jr. I, I I don't know why. Maybe I just got to reset my game, but yeah, it's, it's you might need to that that, uh, that silhouette there. Oh, like the U Darvish the, did for a while. Yeah, the, the other thing, the other thing that they dropped today was they dropped a uh, game update seventeen, which uh, yes. it's pretty big for hall of fame and legend yeah uh, they increased Very. the pinpoint difficulty and yes. they also uh increased the pci range so now once you get up to like hall of fame i didn't notice it that much today on all-star um it still you can actually move things it's, it's, it's nice. well it's, it still doesn't cover on all-star it still doesn't cover that that corner yeah but it I, will I, now though on the just, higher levels. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna assume once if I can ever get to Hall of Fame, which I'm I'm oh. I'm flirting there. We're getting we're getting close I, to the I, vision series. I did last season and I can tell you that like on like almost all the corners, you couldn't really get all the way in the corners. It was really yeah, weird. So now you should be able to cover yeah, like, you, you now should be able to cover all the corners. Yes. So hopefully with the increased difficulty and in pitch uh, pinpoint on Hall of Fame and Legend and also the increased range of the PCI yeah. in Hall of Fame and Legend, it might make it a little bit more balanced for some players. Yeah. Obviously, you just have your guys that are just absolutely cracked pitching yeah. and hitting, but maybe it'll make the game a little bit more competitive for everybody else. That'd be uh, nice. So, so that so again, another big uh, big week for MLB the show. They continue to yeah. just knock it out of the park with content. You know, I'm we did, this we did, this stuff that they dropped this time around, like it's. It was really good. I was happy for it. And we completely, we completely just, I almost just skipped over the October daily moments and the finals <laughs> roster update. Oh, hell. So we'll, yeah. cover that, we'll cover that quickly. Then we'll move on oh, into the God, playoff yeah. preview. So the October daily moments this month, uh, your, your big uh, daily moment card collection is 99 overall signature series, Jim Tomey which yeah. is a pretty big letdown because if you see his 96 overall, it's, it's 96 cards better. Kind of the same card, yeah. Um, His 96 is better, though. He's got better hitting stats on that one. Same. Right, right. Uh, the two Evo cards this month are 97 overall Prime Wade Davis, which is a very usable card, I believe. Yes. And yeah. 98 overall 2012 Gold Glove Yachty Molina. Again, another card that you and I said was coming. Yeah. Uh, I thought it would have been a 99. I would, too, but I think that I, thing's going to be serviceable as a catcher for you it's, guys. It's like, going to be. Yeah, if I wasn't hitting, like, almost 400 with Mike Piazza well, at this point, yeah. I, I, I would, I would think get with, with Yachty's arm, he'll he'll be able to, yeah. It's going to yeah. be. Oh, oh he's going to have time. If you, if you oh. are lacking defense behind the plate, 
and, and all somebody that, with a cannon. Yeah, you're just looking for defense. Yadi or Molina is yeah, that's that's your guy. Especially that card because it is a Gold oh. Glove from 2012, so you know it's going to have great defense. Oh yeah. Uh, so the final thing we'll cover this week, they also dropped uh, this past Friday. They dropped the final regular season roster update. Yes. Where uh, six players, six seven players went diamond. Yes. And I believe what four went down to gold. So Harrison Bader, uh, Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill, and Paul Goldschmidt from the from the Cardinals all went gold yes, to diamond. Did. Uh, Luis Robert went diamond for the White Sox. Giancarlo Stanton went diamond for the second time wow. this season. He's been uh, hitting. And also, like again, Joey Votto went. Yeah, Joey yeah. Votto went diamond for the second time this season. So I was having an argument with Sim. He was saying Joey Votto is the best first baseman in all of baseball ever. I went, no. Well, that's that's the Reds fan. I mean, I, I, know, could, I, I told him it's like talking Drake about Cincinnati football. Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's man. Hey, and you know I'm the same way with the Mets. I'll, I'll tell I you, know I'll we, we are with our teams. I'll sit there and tell you every reason why I think David Wright needs to be in the Hall of Fame, but he probably won't because of the injuries down the line. But anyway, uh, Brian Reynolds, Carlos Correa, Lance Lynn, yeah. Yerly Gurriel all, all go down to gold. Uh, yes. I think the other most notable thing here is the complete and utter fall of Cody Bellinger in his oh last year's card. He has gone all the way from a high, from a 90 over, I believe he started off with a 90 overall diamond. He, he was at 92. Yeah. So he's a, he's a low, low 90s diamond all the way down to a 74 overall bronze. God, he just fell off the face of the earth. This man has 18 contact versus left. Oh. 18. What a what a oh, is, that's that even a, is that even a soft that's a junior slump? I mean that that poor man has just fallen. Dude, that that's a that's a tiny retire slump. What are you talking I, I, about? I, I hope for him that maybe it's just a fluke here, kind of like a Conforto kind of deal. And uh, you know, he kind of bounces back. Of course, I don't really care because he's a goddamn LA Dodger, but <laughs> so that's it for probably the show this yes. week. Uh, a lot of content, a lot of good content, other than maybe yeah. like signature series Jim Tomei, which was kind of a letdown. Uh, it's good to see. Yeah. It's good to see signature series Jim uh, ninety nine overall Jim Tomey in the game. Jim Tomey yeah. had a great swing, but I just I wish, wish for his ninety nine overall card. They just beefed it up a little bit. I wish it was better than his ninety six. It's well, sad that his ninety six is better. Well, but that's the whole point of ninety nine overalls, in my opinion. Is if you're going to exactly get a card you're ninety nine overall, it. you're supposed to just beef the crap. Oh, exactly, you know? and they didn't. They actually nerfed some of his hitting. The 99 overall Tyler O'Neill that they just put in the game is way oh, better. God. I mean, it's two yeah. different positions, but like it's still the same. Yeah, but still kind like, of deal. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, and, and the nice thing is, though, at least that Wade Davis, like he has, he for your uh, evolution, like he's got a decent hit per nine. So he's got decent hits per nine. He's got a sinker. One twenty five, so and he's got one hundred seventeen k per nine. So I mean, I think I think that card's going to go on my bullpen, and I think I, it's I really think nice. it's a usable card, honestly. Yeah. I really oh, do. Not, he's, yeah, got, is, he's got. He's got. Four seam cutter, knuckle curve, sinker slider. That that's a great repertoire. With like, one twenty five hits per nine, this card is yeah. going to be nasty when you can unlock it, and it's probably going in for like a Devin Williams for me. Oh, easy, oh. dude. That that's going to be a very usable card in ranked seasons all the way through, oh. just because of his hits per nine. So now we'll move into uh, the actual MLB. We'll move into yeah. the, uh, we'll move in. We're into the playoffs. We are into the playoffs. The Yankees and the Red Sox locked up the AL wild card on the final day. Uh, the Giants won the pennant on the final day of the season, and so well they won the they they won the NL West division crown. So 
uh, pretty interesting. The Giants had, I believe, the best record in baseball. I think that these are my notes uh, here. I believe so. I, I think they finished. A, yeah, uh, there was there was three teams with a hundred wins: San Francisco Giants, the LA Dodgers, and the Tampa Bay Rays. The Giants finished with the best record in baseball at a hundred and seven and fifty-five. Yeah, and then Giants. Dodgers were a hundred and six and fifty-six, and the Bay Rays Bay. were a hundred and sixty-two. Mm-hmm. So. Three very good baseball teams, three very, I mean, three very winnable. I don't oh. know where I was going with that, but anyway. <laughs> uh, so we'll break down a little bit. Um, we'll break down the postseason preview. Obviously, we do have an update because the, the Red Sox oh. and Yankees game has finished for the evening uh, by the time we're recording this. So we'll yes. go ahead and obviously throw that. Uh, we'll, we'll give we'll you that. in. Uh, and then also, I think at the end of this, we should revisit our picks from last week to see if we want to stick with them or not. Yeah, um, I agree. So with that. we'll start right off. Uh, Yankees Red Sox wild card game uh, played today, played right now. Uh, the the uh, Red Sox took that six to two at home, so they will play the uh, Tampa Bay Rays on Thursday. Game one of that is Thursday, uh, October seventh. Correct. That'll be a very interesting se- uh, series. I don't. I, I got to check to see because I, I was streaming during the game. So I didn't see the starters or anything like that. I don't know, Bearded, if you, Chris, if you saw. Evaldi started for. Uh, Evaldi. So probably uh, game one, probably game one's probably going to be, I'd say, like Glasnow, Chris Sale, maybe. Probably. I, I assume that. Glasnow, Chris Sale, I, w- I would think. I would assume so. I mean, the, the Rays are going to have plenty of rest. So. Uh, yeah. The NL wildcard game, this is going to be a, a very interesting game for me because, as you know, for the last two and a half weeks, about this, yeah. I have been talking about the fact that I think the Cardinals are going to win this game against the Dodgers, and guess what the pitching matchup is? It's Wainwright and... Uh, Wainwright and Mad Max, exactly how mm-hmm. I called it. And I think this sets... It's going to be a pitching goal. This sets the Cardinals up for great success. Um, I think the only thing that the Dodgers have going for them in this game is the fact that it's played in LA. Um, but this oh. will be played on Wednesday, 10, six uh, Cardinals Dodgers, I believe eight ten Eastern standard time. Yes. Uh, on TBS, if any of you care, but so uh, I, I will add a little tidbit in about the Yankees Red Sox game. Of course. Yankees did not even look like they belonged in that game at all. Yeah. They looked horrible. Yeah. And, they, and realistically, yeah. you know, if, if, the Yankees had lost on Sunday and say the Blue Jays and, 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 you know, everything else panned out the way it is with the, with the Blue Jays winning, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess my question to you is, would you have thought that the Yankees would have beat the Blue Jays in a one game playoff for that final wild card spot? No, no. Well, I mean, I was going to say, obviously the way they played tonight, I, Garrett Cole pitched what three innings. He pitched barely. three innings, I believe. Barely. Yeah, barely. He gave up three runs and they yanked him. Which I mean, it's a it's a, it's a one game wild card game, which a lot of people don't like. Uh, do you, uh, let me ask I you don't. that question first. Do you? Do you I, I wish it was like a three game, a three, three game. game, three game. Yeah, I mean, I mean but then again, you're you're thinking three. that you you got to think about this too from like a timeline standpoint. If you do a three game playoff, you're you're kind of like pushing because that pushes the World Series definitely into November. You, you know what I mean? I mean, you're going. Yeah, like, I get it. I mean, so, I just I'm not I'm not a fan of the the one and dones. I I feel like because at this point, like, yeah. if at this point, if 
the World Series plays out until uh, Game Seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at. I think it's like November first is Game Seven. Yeah. Well, see, it's already out into November, so what? what no, it's actually it would actually be November second. So Tuesday, November second. Well, uh, depending on travel, no. So it would be Wednesday, November third. Would be Game Seven. So if uh, it's already in November, what's the hurt of adding? Making those three game series, you know what I, I mean, mean. That also depends on the teams. If you get a, I, I agree. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, if you get a team like the Red Sox or the Yankees in the World Series, you also got to think about weather too. Yeah, uh, you know, northeast weather in the middle, you know, the early part of November, it gets pretty cold. And and not yeah. to say that like you can't play baseball in the cold, because trust me, me you can. myself, I've played yeah. baseball in New York in the cold. Oh, so have I. It's uh, it's one of those things. So in a wild card game, I, I still have the Cardinals in this one, um, but we'll we'll see tomorrow night. So that means uh, ALDS preview. It'll be the Rays and the Red Sox game one Thursday, uh, October 7th. And then the White Sox Astros game one will also be Thursday, 10-7. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting series. Who do, you, who do you have in the in that series? Chris, you got the you got the White Sox. Well, I, I mean, do you have the Rays and the Red Sox? Who do you got in that? Who do you got in that? Rays. Series? Okay, gotcha. And I, and I agree with that. White Sox, Astros, who do you got in that series and why? Oof. That's going to be tighter than any. I, oh. I'm playing the White Sox, honestly. Yeah. I'm leaning more towards the White Sox. Yeah. Just because I hate the trash throw so much. I was just about to say, is that because you just hate the Astros? I'm yep. going to say, I'm going to say White Sox in five. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say that's so. uh, the pitch. Hey, I'd say five or six. Yeah. Well, it's only five game series. Oh, is it only five? Okay, so yeah. I'd play it in five then. Yep, the, the division series are five games. The, the yep. championship series is seven games. Uh, so the NLDS preview, obviously Giants versus the winner of the Cardinals, Dodgers. So, I mean, I guess if it's Giants, Cardinals, who do you got there and why? And then if it's Giants, Giants. Dodgers. And then if, if it's, it's Giants, Giants Dodgers, Cardinals, I got Giants. Okay, if it's Giants, Dodgers, who do you got there? I got Dodgers. I'd say if it's Giants, I'd say, actually, I, I say either way. In a five-game series, I think the Giants are going to take it either way. Uh, obviously, the better matchup for them would be to face the Cardinals because I think the pitching for the Giants stacks up better against the pitching for the Cardinals. Uh, plus, I, I've said this all year, the Giants will just platoon you to death, so it doesn't really even matter. Um, they're, they're going to get the matchups they want, and they're going to they're going to grind out wins. So, yeah. Uh, the other one in this, which is a very interesting series, it's going to be Braves-Brewers. Friday, first game, Friday, uh, October 8th. Bearded, who do you, based on last week, I think I know who you have in this, but uh, who do you got in this and why? Brewers. Yeah. They're pitching. I, uh, yeah. I, I think there, there's two reasons why I have the Brewers, and one is the starting pitching of the Brewers, but two is also the lack of the bullpen for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Realistically, in my opinion, if the Mets had played like they were scheduled to, and even if the Phillies had played like they scheduled to, I think the Braves are a third-place team in this division. I agree. Their bullpen has been lackluster all year long. Will Smith's had a down year. Richard, uh, you know, Richard Rodriguez is not a closer by any means. Oh, they, were, they were carried by their offense, not their – They were they were 100%. Well, they were carried by their offense and the fact that the rest of the division absolutely sucked. The Phillies yeah. did not play well. The Mets, we uh, I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, ch- they tanked it towards the end. They, they tanked it towards the end. They just didn't play well. Lindor didn't play well, yada, nope. yada. Um, but I think the Brewers pitching is going to carry them in this one. And I think the, if they can get to the Braves starters early and get into that bullpen, it's going to, yeah. I would almost say the Brewers are going to take this in three games. 
if they can continuously hit that I starting so. pitching. I mean, the, the Braves have decent starting pitching. They've got yeah, but if they can get them to go to their bullpen early and often, yeah. they're, oh, yeah. they're in trouble. One hundred percent. So they're definitely in trouble. So I have a little bit of a, a, a tidbit in here, and this is the reason why this MLB is going to be uh, so long, is because uh, with the Mets season now officially over, and obviously when we when I was writing these notes, the Yankees were still in the postseason, so maybe uh, for next week we can do a little bit of a Yankees offseason preview. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, me being a Mets fan, I want to do a little bit of the uh, the Mets uh, offseason preview and what okay. I think the Mets need to do in this offseason. Uh, obviously, the Mets underperformed straight up they finished oh, third yeah. in the nl east at 77 and 85 which they were they were projected to win 90 games we damn near lost 90 games i did find out this stat today and i think you'll laugh at this one uh the mets finished with a record of 77 and 85 which is the exact same record as the uh angels and the wow. detroit and the detroit tigers Ooh. so just take that into perspective uh, the oh. Mets were scheduled to win. The, the the Mets were projected to win the NL East, and they finished at the same record as the Angels and the Tigers. Everything looks good on paper, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they were they finished eleven and a half games back of the division, and they finished thirteen back of the wild card for the second wild card spot. Yep. Uh, so what I think the Mets need to do right off the bat uh, to to just kind of kickstart their offseason, they need to extend qualifying offers to Syndergaard and Conforto. Uh, Syndergaard looked. Better in his first inning against the Marlins, and I think that was a lot of adrenaline and a lot of home. Against the Braves on the road uh, on Sunday, he didn't look that great. Uh, his his fastball only topped out at 94. Obviously, he wasn't throwing his breaking stuff. But again, I think yeah. it's a part of that rebuilding process. Uh, Jorge Soler hit an absolute moonshot off of him. Um, I, it's a part of that rebuilding process, and I want to see what Syndergaard has. Uh, maybe if they can get him for two or three years, for you know like 60 million 65 yeah, 70 million i think that would be decent i don't know the only teams that i could see making Syndergaard a decent offer would be a weird team like the rays you know what i mean they might make him like a value like a, a two or three year deal for that like 60 million i could see the yankees even they, offering him something too some uh, teams the teams are going to want to give him a couple of years but yet kind of keep it on the lower end because they don't oh, yeah. really know what they have. But if I'm the Mets... They want to see if he can stay healthy. I mean, Syndergaard's already said that it's going to be weird not coming back as a Met. So I think if they give him the qualifying offer of one, I think, I, think, I think this year it's one for $20 million. So I think he's going to take it if they offer it to him. I think so, too. Conforto, on the other hand, the problem with Conforto is his agent. Uh, he's got the yeah. same agent that Matt Harvey had years ago when... He, they oh, had that whole 2015 yeah. debacle with the innings limit and everything that happened in the playoffs. Um, so, and generally, I guess his clients don't really take qualifying offers, so we'll see. I would like to see Conforto back for at least one more year. Uh, I, I really think he had a down year, and it was just unfortunate to him. But if they extend qualifying offers and say they both of them decide to sign elsewhere, the Mets will get uh, compensa compensation draft picks. I think it's second round. So they get a yes. couple of second rounders. They also do have a uh, the, the 11th pick in the draft in the first round for not signing Kumar Rocker. And for the record in the 2021 season, they do have the 14th pick. So they Ooh. have two top 15 picks this year uh, yeah. coming up in June. So I think that's uh, pretty good. The other things that I need think they need to do uh, top priority is re-sign Marcus Stroman. I think that's got to be your number one thing. I know Javi Baez is like there, but I think re-signing Stroman is more important because he had a 
he had the most consistent year for the Mets yeah. starting pitching staff. I mean, he was phenomenal throughout. Taiwan Walker looked good in the first half, but started to kind of, uh, you know, fade out. Tyler McGill came up and he had a hot start, but he had a couple of rocky starts. Uh, you know, they had Rich Hill, which I think they need. I think also they need to re-sign Rich Hill to at least another year uh, because he'll definitely eat some innings. He, the, yeah. Rich Hill's a guy that'll go out and throw five innings a game, you know, five innings a game. He'll give you those five innings. Bada bing, bada boom. He'll save your bullpen. He might, you know, extend guys like McGill and like Taiwan Walker and just kind of give you a little bit more depth in your rotation. I think they also need to re-sign Aaron Loop to another year. The guy had a sub one ERA. Yeah. I I mean, what else can you say? Give him give him a give him a 30 rack of bush light and give him a one year for like 10 million. You know, I mean good good to go. And it's not really it's not he's he was notorious for grabbing a bush light after the game and his pressers. So give him a 30 rack of bush. I'll I'll even send it to him. Uh, it's not a priority this year, but they definitely need to extend Brandon Nimmo. The guy's been fantastic out there in center field when he stays healthy. I, I hope if, if we do extend him, he stays healthy and, you know, we can go with him. And, and that's my other point is above all, this team has got to stay healthy. Uh, hopefully yeah. they can pick up a free, a, a big free agent signing, maybe like a Carlos Correa to play third base. Uh, cause I think JD Davis just needs to go away. Uh, just heard today that he's going to have off-season, uh, off-season wrist surgery, which apparently he's needed for months, which I don't understand why he just didn't have the surgery and go <laughs> out, especially with the team not playing well. But uh, uh, as far as the front office goes, I think they just need to redo the whole thing. They started already uh, not bringing back Luis, uh, Luis Rojas, which I think was a good call. Not the first thing I would have done right off the gate. I think that was probably – I would have gotten a, a, a new president, a new general manager – yeah, um, four and let them made that decision on Luis Rojas, but the team has already decided not to pick up this option for another year. Oh, really? Oh, so boy. I think I think Uncle Stevie's got his work cut out for him. So <laughs> with their traffics they have coming up this year, and with Uncle Stevie's money, hopefully they can uh, they can they can just do something and so. maybe make this more of a team that actually plays well and not just on paper. So yeah, right. So next week, uh, we'll I'll set aside we'll set aside a little bit of time for you to go through the Yankees uh, <laughs> postseason. I'll let you write your little blurb that I wrote uh, in mine. Right. I basically almost just kind of recited it word for word because I was up till four o'clock the other night writing these notes, and I just was like, "Well, I'm going to write a giant paragraph about the Mets." So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey. So uh, we'll switch NFL. over. We'll switch over to NFL action this week. Uh, you and I are very pleased by this week. Uh, the Bills and the Giants both won, and it is it was weird because except for the Mets, every New York team won on Sunday. Yeah. The Bills, the Giants, the Jets, the Yankees all won, yeah. which I don't think that's happened in like 10 years, 10 or 12 years. No. I think it was like the, the, or the late 2010s the late 2000s, like 2009, I think was... I don't think it's ever happened if every single one of them won either. No, it's happened. It's Has it's it, like, with the Mets winning and everything, too? I don't know if it was with the Mets winning, but I think they generally said the... I think it was the Yankees, the Giants, and the Jets. And I think it was... Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like a round postseason for postseason baseball. Um, but we'll start off... Uh, we'll, we'll start off with the Giants this week. The oh, Giants... Boy. Snuck one out against the Saints. They won uh-huh. twenty-seven to twenty-one in overtime when Saquon Barkley had himself a game, including the walk-off touchdown. 
Bearden, what do you think yeah. about the, what do you think about the Giants uh, this week, and what do you think about the Giants going forward? Now, can they build off of this win? Maybe string a couple uh, of good wins together, and maybe get back in this division. I I hope so. Um, what was it? Jason Garrett kind of opened up the playbook a little bit more here. Um, I, I just he was playing it so safe and not using the talent that he had around. Right, they got Tony involved more in the offense, which. That's what they drafted the kid for because he's a playmaker. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and I think having him in, having him involved open up a lot more levels for like Galladay and Saquon to right. have room. Right. So, and, and, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do when, mm-hmm. well, when Slayton and um, Sterling Shepard come back from their injury. Right, How and also, and also, when Evan Ingram gets like a hundred percent, because I don't, I don't really know if he's still playing hundred percent, but if, I'm, if I'm done with the Evan Ingram experiment. He needs to go. He's done. I, I, I I'm. You heard, you heard it here first on hundred percent real with Bearded and Boom. Uh, Bearded I've been done with him for a year. Done with Evan Ingram. Uh, but I think the Giants overall played really well in this game. Saquon looked great. Finally, uh, uh, he looked good last week too, and he built. He built on it, and he, and yeah, he so, extended so think, it. So I think the slow approach they took with him. Yeah. Oh, man, I got these hiccups that won't go away. That's all good. Um, That's all good. I think he's looking good. They do have a tough matchup uh, against the Cowboys this week in Arlington. Yes. Cowboys are 3-1. and one. The Cowboys are looking really good. So uh, I think that'll be a very highly contested game. I'm hoping the defense for the Giants can step up, at least for Giants fans' sake, and uh, kind of keep Dak off the board. And I'm not uh, – I'm not – Holding out much hope for that. Their defense has not looked really good this year at all. It's looked pretty bad. Uh, the Bills put a beating on the Texans. They sure did. Week, and boy, <laughs> it is the Bills' second largest shutout victory in franchise history. They beat the Cleveland Browns 42 to nothing back in, uh, I think it was week nine of 1990. Uh, the Bills just offense, defense, special teams. I mean, they look They're great. All Dawson Knox had two touchdowns. The Bills defense had four picks and a fumble. Yep. Uh, just made uh, General Davis Mills look like a third-string quarterback, which is exactly what he is. Um, I mean, Allen looked great. Emmanuel Sanders looked really great. My 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 fantasy team in, in one of my leagues was I, – I should have just changed the, the team name to the Buffalo Bills. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I had uh, – in my money league, I know I had Allen, and I had Allen, Sanders, and Diggs. Yep. Or no, Allen Sanders and Dawson Knox, um, which turned out to be a really great pickup and spot start for me this week. And I think actually he's going to be my tight end for the rest of the year. Uh, oh, Dawson Knox. Knox I, yeah, Dawson Knox is looking really great. Uh, Josh Allen is is building him, and Josh Allen and Brian Dable are building Dawson Knox into this offense right around the red zone, right where he needs to be. And he is turning out. He's turning into the tight end that I thought he was, which is a, a great pass catcher. A, gr- a big target in the end zone, and I I think that if he can continue, uh, if, if Allen can continue to find him in the red zone, th- this team is just going to get even better. Um, oh, I agree with that. 100%. Zach Zach Moss looked great this week. Devin Singletary looked good. The touches that he got, they're they're splitting the backfield, which in the beginning of the year, and I think we touched on this uh, in the in the the preseason preview here. I thought that they were going to go to Singletary a little more. They're really they did that in week one and now they're switched back to the split backfield, which I'm okay with because Zach Moss looks great. Uh he's getting those touches third and one down in the goal line in the red zone. 
so the, the Bills offense looks good. The defense is top five. It's always been a top five defense. The rushing attempt, the rush defense looks great. The pass defense yeah. looks great. I mean, they're getting to the quarterback. Uh, they're getting those interceptions, and they have the big game this week. I, I think this is the game of the week this week coming up. Bills Chiefs Sunday Night Football in Kansas City. Uh, if the Bills are a Super Bowl contender, they need to win this game. They need to go into Kansas City. They need to win this game. They need to shut everybody up. They need to put Patrick Mahomes into the ground, which the the, the Chiefs are – they don't look as strong as they did. Uh, no, they don't. They, they they look a little shaky. I mean, they had a great game this week against the Eagles. Uh, they won 42-30, to 30, but that the game was a shootout. I think and, – and obviously the Bills' defense is way better than the Eagles' defense. Yeah. So I think if the Bills can continue – uh, building on their their defensive, you know, I, I say week one was a fluke. This team should be four and zero, uh, and I 100% will stand by that to the end. Uh, they just had a rough week in week one, and it happens. But they've ripped off three straight wins uh, in very convincing fashion, especially the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, and we'll just go up from there. So, uh, yep. the, the other uh, the other team in New York got a win. Well. The other team in New York City, New York, New Jersey, got a win. The the Jets got their first one of the year, beating the Titans 27-24 in overtime. Uh, the, Titans defense was just, the Titans defense is just bad, and Zach Wilson showed it, which is really strange. Yeah. Because Zach Wilson has not looked really good this year. He looked good. The offense looked good. Yeah, uh, it was, it was different. That, there's not much to say. Uh, again, the Chiefs beat the Eagles 42-30. Uh, yep. Uh, Cowboys beat the Panthers 36 to 28. Yep. Uh, Panthers take their first loss of the year. DJ Moore, eight, uh, eight catches on 12 targets for 113 and two touchdowns. I am on, I am on the Sam Darnold uh, quarterback train again. Yep. I think he's a fantastic quarterback. Uh, DJ Moore obviously gets a little more targets in uh, CMC's absence. Yeah. Tua Hubbard did, did not really get as much work as I thought he would in this game. No. So I think we can kind of tell where they're going without CMC. They're definitely a little more pass uh, oriented, yeah. offense, which they have been. But obviously, CMC was more of the premier target. Yes. But I think that without CMC, I think DJ Moore is turning into the number one. I mean, he is the number one wide receiver, but he's actually putting up numbers like it. Well, let's face it. When CMC is there, he's the number one right wide out. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, but but DJ Moore and even Robbie Anderson got a little more looks in this game, yes. too, which is good because I think Robbie Anderson. Well, you also got to think Robbie Anderson and um, – Darnold have history together from playing on the Jets together. Oh yeah, from playing oh. on the Jets. Yeah, but definitely, I mean, DJ Moore is the better of the two. Oh, but sure. again, the Cowboys look good in this game. Uh, you know, Dak continues to look good. CeeDee Lamb, oh. I don't think had a great, great game, but everyone oh. else around him did. Uh, I think Zeke got into the got into the end zone. Yep. So good for them. Uh, the snooze fest of the week. The Browns beat the Vikings fourteen to seven. This game was just a straight up defensive battle. Uh, Browns are three and one for the second straight season since uh, since your boy was born in ninety three ninety three to ninety five. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Bears beat the Lions twenty four fourteen. Not much to say here. The Lions look bad. Uh, Justin Fields look a little bit better, but they played the Lions, so yeah, that is what it is. Uh, Colts beat the Dolphins twenty seven seventeen. This was a little kind of shocking to me because the Colts kind of look shaky, but again, the the Dolphins don't have Tua. Uh, Jalen Waddle and Devontae Parker actually look good in this game, so that's good. Uh, the Washington Football Skins beat Peachy. the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> beat the Atlanta Falcons barely. Um, yeah. 
looked Washington didn't really look good in this game. Taylor Haneke is kind of just moseying along, I guess. Uh, he's being a serviceable quarterback. Like I said, if, if they can have a halfway decent record, at least until Fitzpatrick gets back, I think the, the, the team will have a shot to win the division. Uh, but the Cowboys are playing really good football right now, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks beat the 49ers 28-21. to 21. Yeah. Uh, Big note in this game, Jimmy Garoppolo went out of this game. Yep. Uh, they feared that it was a ankle sprain, but it has turned out to be uh, some sort of like ankle contusion, I guess. Uh, so there's a shot that he's going to play this Sunday, but if not, other knock on him about not staying healthy again. Yeah. So, but if not, obviously uh, look for Trey Lance to get his first uh, career NFL start, which he looked pretty, he looked okay in the rest of this game. Yeah. Uh, obviously the rookies this year just aren't having a bunch of luck. I don't know whether that's scheduling or if it's just the level of competition, you know, I mean, the bears have played some pretty good teams. Obviously, you know, fields look a little bit better because they're playing the lions. Bears don't have a line. 49ers are in probably the best division in football with the undefeated Cardinals and the Seahawks in yeah. there as well. And the Rams too. So I yeah. mean, they're, they're kind of fourth fiddle there. Um, oh, back- yeah. Packers beat the Steelers 27-17, which uh, ever confirms my belief that week one was a fluke against the Bills. Uh, ben Roethlisberger looks terrible. He looked terrible last he year, too. Terrible. I'm surprised they even brought him back. And I think he went out in this game. He is, I know he is questionable going into this week. He's got some sort of injury. I think he, uh, I think he did go out. So look for Mason Rudolph maybe to start this game. Maybe. Najee Harris looked pretty good again. I think, he found the, I think he finally found the end zone on the ground. So it's good for him. Uh, Ravens beat the Broncos pretty handily in Denver, 23-7. to I think the big reason why was Teddy Bridgewater went out with a concussion in this game very yeah. early in the game. And the Broncos are just a completely different team without Teddy Bridgewater. I will say that right now. Oh, yeah. Drew Locke, Drew Locke is not their quarterback. And he, if, if, if Teddy is out for an extended period of time, this team is yeah, in trouble. Uh, the run game was definitely affected. Obviously, the passing game was affected. That offense in general without Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is just not. It's kind of like, I'd say it's kind of like the Saints without Jameis Winston because the Saints without Jameis Winston just isn't even, it's not an even worse offense. But definitely Teddy Bridgewater. It would actually, you know what? It would be kind of like the Panthers without Sam Darnold. I think if the Panthers didn't have Sam Darnold, and maybe you can just, maybe I'm just in love with Sam Darnold. Who knows? But um, I, I don't think that offense is nearly as good as it is. Um, but you can definitely tell the difference with Teddy Bridgewater to without. So hopefully Teddy's Teddy's uh, healthy next week. Hopefully he goes through concussion protocol, maybe misses the next game, um, but doesn't isn't out for an extended period of time. Uh, the game, I think the game of the week and the game that everyone was looking forward to Bucks and Pats, uh, Tom yeah. Brady's return to New England was a better game than I thought it was going to be. Uh, the Bucks sneaked yeah. this one out 19 to 17. Tom Brady did not throw a passing touchdown in this game. No, he did not. Gronk did not play in this game, which was an underlying thing too, was that it was also Gronk's return to New England, which I think a lot of people kind of just forgot about. Yeah. Um, the one big note in this game, Tom Brady is now the all-time passing yards leader. Uh, he passed Drew Brees. He only needed like 67 yards to pass Drew Brees. Yeah. Uh, and he ended the game with 80,560 yards. So look for Tom Brady to play well into the to his 50s and probably have probably have 100,000 passing yards by the time he retires. So he said he wants to play till he's 50s. But yeah. We'll see. 
Uh, Monday night football this week. Pretty good game. Chargers beat the Raiders 28 to 14. Uh, Raiders look kind of shaky a little bit in there. Yeah. So uh, well, we'll see. We'll see if this is the their uh, downfall or not. Like we were yeah, talk, talking about, you know what I mean? I have said it every week on this podcast. I don't think the Raiders are as good of a team as they've been. And oh. I think that the Chargers defense finally showed that. I yep. don't think Derek Carr is an elite quarterback. I don't think he's even a top 10 quarterback, let alone, I don't either. Let alone probably a top 12 quarterback. Yep. Um, and I think they're going to run into some good defenses here down the stretch. And you're going to see the Raiders get exposed. So call me a, call me a Raider hater. Like I said, I, I was going to hop on the train mid season if they were still having a good record, but you know, it's, it's well, this game will tell if they fall back into the Raiders of old, where they cripple under a yeah. few, a few losses or if they're a new team where they push through that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And they, but they are playing the bears this week. So I guess that's kind of at home. I think that's so good for them. If, then. if they're going to have a bounce back, it's going to be this week. Uh, we're going to briefly touch on week five again, because there's yes. so much stuff to go into. We're just going to cover the kind of uh, primetime games. Obviously, right. Bill, obviously bills, Chiefs Sunday night football uh, bills on the road, the AFC championship rematch. I think the yes. Bills are going to be out for blood. The Bills are playing really well. The offense is clicking. The defense is clicking. And if they, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not having a great of a year as he did last year, so I'm hoping that the Bills can kind of stifle him in the beginning and focus more on the pass game and get to Patrick Mahomes because if that that Bills defensive line can, can do what it's been doing over the last few weeks and cause chaos, even if they're not taking him down. If you guys can hold up against Tyreek Hill, too. Yeah, if they're just pushing it, well, if they're just pushing him out of the pocket, if they're making him get rid of the ball before he wants to, I think the Bills are going to have a lot of success. Obviously, obviously, I think that this offense is not going to have a problem against the Chiefs' defense. They no. didn't, they they didn't last year really. Chiefs' uh, not that great in the AFC Championship game. Um, so yeah, I, I think the Bills are going to win this one. I do too. Uh, just going to check the line really quick because actually, you know what was funny when we recorded the podcast last week, I said the bills and Texans was a 16 point favorite for the bills. Mm-hmm. I think by kickoff, it ended up being almost a 30 point favorite for the bills. Yeah, it ended up <laughs> so, being a 42. It ended up being a 42. Yeah. So, uh, K Casey is only a two and a half point favorite over under is 56 and a half, which is to be expected. I think it's going to be actually, I think it's going to be a pretty high scoring affair on either side. Uh, just like it was last year in the AFC championship game. Uh, we touched on this Cowboys Giants. Uh, they got the four time. They got the four twenty five time slot there. They got they got some midseason Sunday football. Uh, just, in yeah. Dallas, Dallas is a touchdown favorite. Over under is fifty two. I think if Saquon can continue to have great games like he did last week and the week before, if he can continue to build off of it, I think the Giants have a chance to win this game. Very I, I I do. Um, it's just we'll see. It was one game for them and. It was it was a squeak out win, so mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. It, they, they their defense has to play a lot a lot better for them to keep winning games because their defense has not been doing anything. Yeah, uh, I think there are two other games of note that I wanted to touch on. One that we have on the notes, and the other one that I'm looking at right here. The one that we do have on the notes is Browns Chargers battle of two three and one teams. Yeah. Uh, at SoFi Stadium in California. Uh, the Chargers look good on Monday Night Football. The Browns' defense looks fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the Browns' running game looks really good. I think the Browns are kind of the front runners in this division this year so far. I think they're, so. They're playing consistent football. 
and and obviously I I really truly think they are the better three and one team. The Ravens also are three and one, but I think they're a more consistent team, and I think they're a better team. Oh, I agree uh, with that. The other the other game that I want to touch on, and only that's because they are the only undefeated team left in the National Football <laughs> League. We're talking about the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, you are. And we're talking about the MVP frontrunner right now, in my opinion, Kyler Murray. Uh, they're going up yeah. against the 49ers at home. It's only five and a half points, but I think if Trey Lance starts this game, it's going to be an absolute nightmare for yep. the 49ers. Even, I think even if Jim, I, I, I think by the end of the week, you're going to see this maybe push to like 10, 13, 16 points. I think um, it's going to be. I, I think. think I think either way, because you're either going to get a rookie Trey Lance or you're going to get a beaten up, banged up Jimmy Garoppolo, and the Cardinals defense is going to have a field day. Uh, Kyler Murray, by the way, is doing a fantastic job spreading the ball around. DeAndre Hopkins' targets are down this year, but that's because he's got other guys like A.J. Green out there. He's got Rondale Moore. He's got, you know, Kirk. Yeah, he's He's got a lot. James Conner has looked really good in the last couple of weeks, putting up some big fantasy numbers. Yes, he has been. Um, so a kind of a resurgence of James Conner's career over the last couple of weeks, and hopefully good he can on that because I like James Conner. He's a good running back. I um, like them too. I thought he was really, good. He's really downhill, north-south uh, running back. And, kind of old school. It's his night. Yeah, and, and it's, good to, it's good to see that he is uh, kind of showing Pittsburgh, like, what up? Uh, yeah, right. The other, uh, there's actually two kind of weird games here. There is a London game. Yes. This week. A London game this week. We're getting up early, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Jets, Falcons. Are you Battle of the one and three teams. Are you gonna, right, let, me, let me ask, are you going to get up? Would you want to get up if, if you're over there nope. in London? At Not a chance in hell. I mean, one, one o'clock. Obviously, you know... You, you know, you know, the stadium's going to be packed in London because it usually is because it's American football in England. Like it's, it's cool, but um, I'm not going to get up to watch this. You're nuts. But it's, it's Jets Falcons. Like it's, I'm not it's, getting up to watch a battle. The, 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 the only reason we're covering it is because it is kind of a, a, a London game. Oh, it's, yeah, it's a London game. Uh, the Monday night football game this week, Colts Ravens in Baltimore. I Ravens. think Baltimore, they're a touchdown favorite. They're going to win that pretty handily. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Thursday night footballs, Rams Seahawks. That's very true. My my apologies. Yeah, Rams Seahawks. This uh, tomorrow, as we're yeah. this, it's it's early morning Wednesday. We're it's almost two o'clock out here in the east. Uh, yeah, Wednesday morning. Yeah, I'm sorry, Bearded. I know you want to go to bed, but <laughs> um, yeah, three and one and two and two battle uh, of the Western. I think the Rams game. take this. I think the Rams take this, but they're only a two and a half point favorite. They are out there. They are out there in Seattle in the Legion of Boom, the twelfth man. I mean, it might have a little bit of something to do. Maybe we'll see. Uh, I mean, I think the Seahawks' advantage at home is definitely going to play a favor to them. So I agree. uh, You know, I gotta say before we move on to a little bit of NHL, I think that the first four weeks of football as a whole have been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, they've been really entertaining. I, I think that, uh, yeah, very entertaining games. You know, obviously the Bills the last couple of weeks have just kind of blown teams out of the water. But as yep. a whole, there's been a lot of great football. Yeah. So uh, I'd say uh, hats off to whoever made the schedule and hats off to the players for. Oh, uh, it's been a lot, of, a lot of teams are pulling ahead that you wouldn't think would have at the beginning of the year. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's I mean, kind of nice. Yeah, Panthers are playing well. Broncos are playing well. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then there's teams like the Steelers that are kind of 
floating around a little yeah. bit. Uh, you know, the Dolphins are kind of playing a little bit down, I'd say. I, I thought they yes. were really the second best team in the division. Um, so, oh, without Tua. Yeah, without Tua and stuff. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, Jacoby's not. Not, no, no, not at all. So, Bearded, you're getting excited. Yes, I am. The NHL Hockey season is almost upon us. Hockey is almost here. Regular season starts uh, October 12th. Yes, and, it does. Uh, we didn't want to give a – we didn't really want to give – I mean, I don't know much about what's going on in the hockey universe, but uh, you have a little bit of stuff going on, so I'll let you uh, yeah. take over here and uh, give us your little tidbit you got going on here. All right. Well, what happened it um, earlier in the week here, uh, Robert Leonard kind of went out on Twitter and – Talked about how NHL teams were offering uh, benzo zabapine, which can treat uh, anxiety, insomnia, and ambient are used to treat insomnia to players without prescriptions, and that was uh, for them for concussions, and and uh, you know he said he also added that shouldn't that be a doctor's job and not the team to do that without prescriptions. this has come to light with the Golden Knights trading for uh, Nolan pa- Patrick in the offseason from the Flyers. And because uh, Patrick is, uh, for the last, I think it was like, uh, three, four years, he's been having horrible migraines and stuff. And it's been because his concussions were not um, passed through the protocol correctly, but because he was given these prescriptions. And, um, and uh, Leonard also said that he's that the Golden Knights are not one of the teams that does this that he's currently on, but he's been on teams where this has been a common practice. And he says it's not anything out of the ordinary. But gotcha. then uh, one of the other players that's now retired, uh, Carcello, he came forward and he, he said, "I'm glad that somebody right. else is standing up because right. this is a co- common thing." And like when people get out of the league, like they these drugs are like you could get very dependent on these drugs, and it's right, right, yeah, not a good thing. So definitely, yeah. So I there's going to be an investigation um, by the by the NHL about these accusations, and a reporter also came out with the same story, and he said that Leonard was not his source, and right. the only common link between those two is Nolan Patrick. So. Gotcha. I'm, I'm thinking Patrick might have said something, and good for him to speak up and stuff like that. And this has all kind of come to light also about Jack Eichel seeking a second medical opinion because when right. Right. NHL teams offer, say, this is what the player needs to do, they don't really like them going out and getting second opinions. Right. And they kind of blacklist people when that happens a lot but the the players i think in my opinion it's they you know people in general like you know your body the best exactly and if you feel like someone's not telling you what you think is right for your body yeah should you get a second opinion you know i'm with eichel though because buffalo wanted him to get his complete net his neck fused right and what he wants to do is get a vertebrae replaced with a replacement vertebrae which would it's a longer recovery period but either way but it's major surgery it, but i i feel like it would make it so that you still have full 
moving around to your neck. It's not where it's right. fused where you have to turn your whole upper torso now. The the Sabres are probably looking out for team interests rather more. And, and I hate to say this as a Sabres fan, oh, but it kind of sounds like they're yep. looking out more for the team and less, and less for the player. And uh, it's not just the Sabres that do it, though. It's well, all yeah. the teams. It's, and it's, like, it's like I said, they what happens if players – not all teams will do this, but a lot of teams will do it. If if players go out and they say, well, I want a second opinion, and the team tells them no, and they right. still do it, they they can they pretty much blacklist them from any NHL team, which sucks. Yeah. Well, and you talk about second opinions and, and like neck injuries like that, and, and kind of just obviously not to really segue into anything, but uh, there's been a lot of that in professional wrestling a lot lately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of these older wrestlers like uh, Edge and uh, Brian Danielson, who were out of professional wrestling for years, you know, went and got second. They, they kept getting opinions. I know Brian Danielson definitely was getting opinions and opinions and opinions over the years because, right. you know, obviously professional athletes do this for a reason and it's not only for the money, but they love the sport that they play, right. you know, in, in, exactly. Edge's, in, in Edge and Brian Danielson's case, they love professional wrestling. Jack Eichel loves to play hockey. You know, that's all they want to do, but they want to do it healthy and if, they, and if they can be healthy and you know play the sport that they can i think they should go get a second opinion or a third oh, or, I agree. Fourth or a fifth or a sixth well, or, you know or how many opinions it takes i think you're finally... gonna see a lot of stuff come out and get ironed out in the nhl when this investigation happens and yeah, yeah. there's probably gonna be some heads that roll for that well and when you know you talk about drugs and professional sports it's always a big thing obviously with steroid air and major league baseball Obviously, yep. the concussion protocol in the NFL is a big thing. Uh, yep. You know, with with recent uh, veteran players coming out, uh-huh. and, and you, know, yep. you, you see a lot of uh, early retirements because of concussions nowadays yep. in the NFL. And, well, in NHL too, like concussions are yeah. such a huge thing because oh yeah, definitely these dudes are going so fast, so fast, and the collisions are just so hard. It's it's ridiculous. Right. But I think this and, is kind of the next evolution in uh, you know drugs and sports. And yeah. concussions because and, and it's good to see the NHL finally coming out with these things. So maybe they can. Sort well, it's of it's of, nice to see players actually stepping forward. Yeah, and, and maybe and that'll t- that'll take the NHL. Yeah, and that'll take the NHL. I mean, you can't really avoid NHL is one of those sports where you can't really avoid those things. I mean, you can you can have all the equipment in the world, but right. hockey is still a violent sport. It is. Well, and, and the pro- the it, problem it's is, very, well, it's still a very physical sport. Basically, like- they're giving these drugs to these guys to map mask the concussion symptoms so they can play. And that's not beneficial to them in the long run. Which is something that the NA, the, the NFL has, has shied away from, and I think it's something that you're going to see the NHL start to shy away from. Well, oh, I think once this investigation rolls out, it's not going to be pretty. Right, right. And and you're going to see, I think, some major rule changes, some major uh, you know, yes. equipment changes happen over the course of the year. Which well, is I think you're going to see some people get fired. It's an evolution in another sport, and it's happened in Major League Baseball. It's happened in the NFL. Oh, yeah. It's time for the NHL, I guess, to 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 not follow suit, but kind of you know make the changes they need to make. You know, so uh, they just they need to. It needs to be about the player first and not the team. Oh, 100 percent, and that's that's any that's any professional sport, right? But I mean, they, you need to look out for the people, the player well, sports. And like people. Leonard said, there, there, Liner said, he said, there's teams that do that, and there are teams that don't. I mean, and it needs to be uniform, and I think this is going to be that start. 
I think that'll. This is what's going to kickstart that, and it's going to be strict like the NFL is now. So well, well, Chris, thank you for that little bit of insight in NHL. Yeah. Uh, I am definitely excited, and I'm ready to, for the hot take, man. I, I, I'm I'm excited to let to, to let you teach me more about hockey this season. Um, you know, I'm obviously I'm a Sabres fan, but I'm a pretty poor hockey fan. So I'll I'll be excited every week to let you uh, rattle off whatever is happening in the NHL world, and I'll sit back and love every minute of it. So oh, I'm excited, but, man! But as you said, <laughs> now our favorite uh, time of the uh, uh, podcast here get into 100% real hot takes. Yes, with uh, with bearded and boom here. Uh, I think to piggyback off NHL, I think we should start with the NHL hot takes we have for the for the uh, for the week. Okay, I'm so, good with that. Um, so we'll so obviously if, if those of you that it's not really obvious because those of you who don't know, uh, I am a big Sabres fan, yes. and uh, Chris is an even more bigger New York Rangers oh, fan. Love uh, the love the Rangers. Love the Rangers. So Chris, with the ups and downs, I'll say the Rangers have had over the last couple of seasons. Because I don't again, I don't follow hockey that much. Right. But I do know that it's kind of been an up and down for the Rangers. It's been a rebuild. It's been, it's been uh, a rebuild. So do you think that with this rebuild process and, and uh, you know, whether it's gone well or not, do you think that it's a make or break year for the Rangers that they don't make the playoffs? Do you think that it's that it's they're going to continue to rebuild if they continue, if they make the playoffs? Or do you think if they don't make the playoffs, they're just going to strip it down again? I don't think they're going to strip it down again. Um, so here's my take on it. When you rebuild a team, it takes time. Right. You have to build up your minor league system. And have those players come up through, like any pro sport. And what happened over the years with the Rangers when they were making the playoffs and all this all the time is what they did is they traded away all their draft capital mm-hmm. for basically rental players. Yeah, and they had nobody in the farm system. Right. So they didn't have a first round pick for good God, like five years. Right. So. They didn't have a first or second round pick. I'm sorry, first or second round pick in five years. Mm-hmm. So you tell me how you're going to find someone in that. I mean, it, it's it's not impossible, but it's not exactly an easy. No, thing with to do. with great scouting, it can happen, but it's right, less but less it's less. rare. Right. So and so I feel like so in in the off season, what the Rangers did is they got rid of John Davidson, who they brought in to do this rebuild, because he's the one who went over and built Columbus into what they are. Right. And John Davison, you know, he goes with the New York Rangers. He was announcer there for a long time. He played for them and everything. And when they terminated his contract and put Chris Drury in his place, I was in shock because I thought Davison was doing a fantastic job with rebuilding the farm system and bringing these players up. Because you look at the stockpile of talent they have now, mm-hmm. that was all because of Davison in the draft. Right, right, right. And... I have a funny feeling that I don't think that it's a make or break here if they don't make the playoffs. Right. Because they're still one of the youngest teams in the NHL. Gotcha. Um, What I have a funny feeling is going to happen is you're going to see if they don't make the playoffs, you're going to see them revert back to the old Rangers where they start trading away draft capital and minor league players that are going to turn out to be good players in the NHL to get rental players to win now. And that's not how you form a championship team at a dynasty it, it's not yeah you especially to build it up from the farm yeah, system up especially if you're in a rebuild mode getting rental players is not good obviously if you have a team that's win now and you feel like you need a couple of pieces yeah you know like 
like the well, Mets, different, like, but... like in baseball, the Mets tried yeah. to do that this year with Baez, yeah. and they just it didn't work out. So. It, it's different. I just right. I don't think it. I, as a New York Rangers diehard fan, do not think that this is a make or break year if they don't make the playoffs. But I feel gotcha. like that's what the management and everybody else thinks that's around the team. Gotcha. And that kind of scares me because I saw right. what happened the last time this went around. Right. And I feel like it's going to happen again. And then you're going to see, you're going to have to rebuild all over again. Right. Which exactly. is going to be a mistake. Definitely. Yeah. When you should uh-huh. just stay the course. 100%. All right. Well, I got one for you. All will right. the Sabres be a competitive team or will they have the best shot at the number one lottery pick? I'm going to answer this quickly and we're going to move on. <laughs> no, the Sabres are not going to be a competitive team this year. They don't have Jack Eichel. They, they have a lot of young talent. They got rid of Sam Reinhart. They got right. rid of right. They got rid of a lot of their good. Pl- they got rid of a lot of their better players. They, they got um, rid of uh, Ristolainen too. I mean, yeah. which I love Ristolainen, and it was upsetting to see that he yeah. left. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so just to answer that quickly, and we're gonna move on. No. They, yeah. They are not a competitive team. So well, hopefully they get a lottery pick. A lottery, yeah. <laughs> and hopefully they get a lottery pick for the next couple of years because the Lord Almighty, they're going to need it. The, the, the guy that they did draft this year, I he's he's got. I think he's going to end up pretty well once him and uh, Eichel can get on the ice together. I think yeah. it's, that's going to be a pretty good uh, dynamic duo. But as as well, far as uh, you know, the Sabers being competitive this year, that's a laughable. We'll uh, we'll we'll see though about him and Eichel being on the ice because Eichel requested a trade. Yeah, and and Eichel's requesting a trade because of you know the the Second of the right, team, right? But and uh, he's in the last year of his contract, so exactly. I exactly. I don't think he's gonna. I think he's gonna want to touch free agency, and he's not gonna come back. Right. Unfortunately, right. So, I mean, what are you gonna do though? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, right. it happens. So yeah, I mean. Uh, um, okay. So we'll move into uh, let's see here. What do we want to do next? I, I mean, real realistically, the rest of these I believe are football. I, I believe they are. I, I I fired off a bunch of football ones last Oops. night. Uh, so so no MLB hot takes this week. No, but, no, I, I we'll have we covered, some next week. We covered a lot of it. Oh, uh, we did. Well, so, so so before we move into these football hot takes, I do want to cover because we didn't cover it in the MLB okay. segment. Uh, so last week we gave our predictions yes. for the World Series, and you and I had kind of the same prediction, but yes, a little bit of a different outcome. You said now raised brewer or raised brewers, raised right? brewers, right? So now with the uh, with the field set, do you like that pick? I do. do want, I do still say raised brewers. Do, nope. do you want to change that pick? You're sticking with it. You're sticking, sticking with it. Raised brewers. You're sticking with Rage Brewers. You're sticking with the Brewers to win the World Series. I am. Okay. All right. And I and I'm not going to change. I think it's still going to be Rage Brewers, and I think the Rays are going to take it. So. All right. So all right. So, <laughs> so again, we'll we'll come back. Uh, we'll come back at the uh, at the end of the World Series. It will see. And uh, we'll see. I mean, obviously, we're going to preview the World Series. So even oh, yeah. if it would be funny if none of those teams made it, and we're yeah. just sitting here with our twiddling our thumbs. But uh, no, no. all right, yeah. we were wrong. <laughs> all right, so so we'll move into a little bit of some NFL hot takes. Okay. Uh, so uh, basically, let me just ask you straight up: Is Mac Jones the best of the rookie quarterbacks? I think he was the best prepared. Yeah, and he's showing that with his yeah. uh, prowess in the games. Right. He's very good at managing the games. Like his stats don't pop out and say, wow, 
mm-hmm. when you watch him play, he's consistent and he he reminds me of a younger Tom Brady. I, he right. really does. And right. his his game management skills and the way that he was taught at Alabama, you can see the coaching of what he went through. And he was, I believe, the best and most ready to play in the NFL coming out. Well, of well and also you got to think he went to the best coach out of the I, Yes. I mean, so yes. that's – and. I think Mac's going to be the quarterback of the future. Yes. And as long as Bill Belichick's there, I think Mac will be all right. I think Mac yeah. will be good. And, and to say, is he the best of the rookie quarterbacks? I think talent wise, I think no. I think right. Trevor Lawrence is a more talented quarterback. I, I agree with that 100%. But Mac Jones went to the best situation. Best, yes. He went for the best fit for him. Yes. So I think that's what you I think Mac Jones will end up. At the end of their careers, he'll he'll probably end up being the best of that draft class. I think so, he will too, because yeah. just because of the way he plays, and if you watch him, the way he processes the game and coverages, yeah. he he picks up on coverages, and he's doing. If you watch him for rookie quarterbacks, you don't really see him go through progressions that often, right? You know what right. I mean? They kind of rush things. Mm-hmm. He does. He goes through his progressions, and he actually moves the defense with his eyes. That's something that takes usually time. For yeah, that ta- that usually do. takes a few years to kind yeah. of. Yeah. So yes. seeing him do that this early in his career is a credit to the coaching that he had in Alabama. Yeah. Nick Saban. Good old Nick Saban. Roll Tide. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I got a hot. I got one for you. Can the Jags take something away from the Bengals game, even though they lost? Uh, yeah. I think. Definitely Trevor Lawrence can. He he definitely is playing much better. Uh the offense looked great. The offense looked pretty good. The uh you know, James Robinson looked good in this game. They did lose, I think, DJ Shark in this game though, unfortunately. I think so. Um but I, I think they'll be fine. It, the, the the big problem is their defense. Obviously they're still, you know, to win games, generally you gotta outscore your opponent and the defense yeah. kinda has a hand in that and mm-hmm. the defense looked kind of shaky in the second half of that game against the Bengals. Yes. And, you know, also a credit to the Bengals offense for sticking in there and Joe Burrow just being, just being a game, yeah. you know, so. You know who I was very impressed with, though, was the running back, James Robinson. He, yeah, he did yeah. really well in that game. He's done yeah. really well the last two games. Yeah, like and I said, I think you've seen, played, I think yeah, well. you've seen the more that they've actually run the ball, it's kind of helped, yeah. helped us. Lawrence there, well, and, so, and maybe without Shark and Marvin Jones not having a really hot start yeah. here, maybe they'll lean on the running game a little bit more, and I think that'll oh. help. I think that'll help Trevor Lawrence. And I kind of hope that they keep riding James Robinson when Carlos Hyde comes back, because Robinson is showing that he's can be consistent as long as you give him right the opportunities. He, he and, can be he can be a number one running back, right? And he and, and he's if, taking pressure off of Lawrence. So I and I, I, think and, and I don't know him. what. Urban Meyer was thinking splitting Carlos Hyde and James Rod like splitting no, time. No, that was stupid. James Robinson is the number one running back in this of this team. And I agree hundred percent. Show he showed the reason why. I yeah. think you know Carlos Hyde is still a decent. He's not bad. He's still no. good. It's just well, I don't think he's the number one. No, James he's Robinson. Spell back. James Robinson is the running back. Of that I team. think Carlos Hyde is someone you bring in to spell him when he needs a rest. I I don't think I think the Robinson is a even a three to four down back. 
mm-hmm. and Hyde's to come in and take yeah. a, take over when he needs a break. But I don't think Hyde yeah. is you don't you shouldn't be splitting time with the two of them. No, no, definitely not. Uh, so uh, coming off Monday Night Football loss, uh, do you think the Raiders the Raiders can rebound um, either this week or you know over the next couple of weeks? Do you think they're going to rebound off this loss, or do you think they're just going to kind of fall to the wayside now with that loss? Do you, th- do you I, think this is the beginning of the end for the for the Raiders, or do you think that they can actually? Are do you think they're a good football team? Basically, I think that they're a decent football team. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're horrible, and I think just because of who they're playing, they have the best chance to rebound and recapture what they had without crumbling into pieces. Yeah. Because of the past, the problem's been you look, the car seems to crumble once like a few, when, when things start, you know, landsliding into the wrong position for him mm-hmm. and like they start right. sliding downhill and they start piling up more losses and there's more mistakes. Right. Car seems to crumble under the pressure and i think just because they they are playing uh the bears coming up that that's that's their chance to kind of break that streak i believe Mm -hmm. and i would like to see them do that and be competitive again because right right it's something that i think is a good thing the the raiders being a competitive team especially being in Las Vegas this year. I think yeah, I think yeah. this is uh they need to prove that they aren't the team of old mm-hmm. and that, you know, keeping Carr and the players that they've kept that were parts of these crumbles wasn't a mistake. Yeah. And so and, I, and players like Darren Waller who has turned into an absolute superstar. Oh, he's he's a uh, stud. Looking forward though, I mean, uh, over the next few weeks, they're playing Chicago. They're playing at yeah. home against Chicago. They're playing in Denver, which potentially without Teddy Bridgewater, like who knows? Right. Uh, and then they're playing home to Philadelphia before their bye week. And so, then I mean, after the bye do... week, after the bye week, they play the Giants in New York. So, so over I the mean, next four weeks, four or five weeks, I have a chance to pile them. up some wins. Yeah. yeah, they got a chance to pile up some wins before they play Kansas City, Cincinnati. Yes in Dallas uh, after they play the Giants. Right. So, uh, you, you know, yeah, I think they've got a pretty good shot to kind of rebound. Um, and I think, I think the fact that they, and I feel like I said, I think the fact that they play the Bills immediately after this loss is probably the, the best thing. Oh, yeah. Sorry, the Bears. It's yeah. probably the best thing for them right yeah. now, considering they, how bad the Bears' offensive line is. But offensively, they need to keep doing what they're doing. Yes. Like Darren they Waller. Get away uh, from that getting getting touches I, you know josh jacobs needs to stay, get healthy um, yes and you know the the nice addition of hunter renfro yeah offense has been great yes he, it has in the in the preseason they were like well you know maybe braylon edwards will, will get a little more touches but it, it's been hunter renfro when it's not going to to darren waller so right all right so good thing to i mean forward. yeah i know I'm, I'm i'm excited to see if they are the same old team that we're accustomed to, or they improve it. Well, you you know my feeling. I think they're I, at some I point do. they're gonna they're gonna crumble. So I think at some point they are gonna implode after a little bit. But I think with how their schedule set up, they have the best chance of turning things around a little bit at least. Right, right. Um, but I I I'm with you though. I still think they're the same old team, and once <laughs> the pressure builds up too much, you're just gonna see them fall apart. Right, right. Um, so here's one for you. True or false, the Bills will make it to the Super Bowl and that their biggest test 
is the game coming up against the Chiefs to see if that is true or not. See, this is tough for me because obviously, you know, in episode number one of the podcast, yes, I believe we had a hot take here. The the first the first segment that we did of hot takes, you know, we said, "Is it Super Bowl or bust for the team?" Right. Uh, you know, and I kind of said, "Yeah," I was like, just the way that we lost last year, it was really tough. Um. With the and, and you know we have two more games before the bye week. We play right. obviously this week Kansas City, but we also play Monday Night Football against the Tennessee Titans in Week Six. Correct. Um, Tennessee's defense does not look that good. I don't think that game is as much of a uh, tough game that as I thought it was going to be. Realistically, right. that game we just got to take care of uh, Derrick Henry, which is you know no tall task. You can ask Josh Norman. Um, yeah. <laughs> But I really think that this is going to be the biggest test this season. And if they can get, I mean, even if they don't get past this, I still think that the bill, I think it's true. The bills are going to go to the Super Bowl this year. Just the way that the schedule is kind of balancing out after, say, after the bye week, we play at home against Miami, we play in Jacksonville, and then we play the Jets. So, Say Your schedule's even, pretty nice after that bye week. Yeah, so, so, so say even, even if we go one and one over the next right. two weeks into the bye week, say we say we lose to Kansas City and we beat Tennessee, or we beat Kansas City and we lose to Tennessee, or if we beat them both. I say even if we – but we have to split it. I think if we lose both games, it's going to be tough because then that will yeah. put us to three and three going into the bye week. And three and three in the uh, – three and three in the AFC East I think is still going to be all right. Uh, the AFC East just isn't good yeah. uh, around the Bills. Uh, yeah. Miami without Tua is bad. Is bad. Uh, the Jets are god awful, and yeah. the Patriots are in a rebuilding. In, they're, in a they're, rebuilding. Yeah, they're a rebuild team. So, so I, I'm hoping we could. I mean, hell, I hope we could go five to five and one in the bye week. That'd be great. That'd be nice because uh, I think we are a six and zero team. <laughs> you know. Yes. So I agree with that. That, yeah, that I, I, I'm sorry, but that was such a fluky win. I it was. It was. The, you guys played way better than the Steelers did, well, and, but I will. But I will agree with the hot take that this is the biggest test for the Bills. Okay. Uh, this and it's going to be the biggest test so far this season. Now, obviously, we you know we play on Thanksgiving. We have right. a couple more uh, primetime games. Right. So we've got another um, Monday Night Football game against New England in December. Right. We're playing at Tampa Bay the week following. That's uh, going to be a pretty a, big on, test on, too, a, I think. Yeah, we're we're playing in Tampa on a short yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be tough. If Carolina continues to play well, that'll be a tough game yep. uh, in the middle of December, which that might get flexed depending on it, how. The yeah, it goes, might. Which yeah. Be... Um. So I I agree with you on all that. Yeah. I think I think the Bills will make it to the Super Bowl because yeah. I do think they are that good of a team, and I do think as of what's coming up right immediately, Chiefs is going to be one of their bigger tests considering yeah. what happened last year. Oh, definitely. So we're going to go back to the Monday Night Football game, but this time we're going to go to the other side of the coin there. We're going to talk about Matt Stafford. Yes. Uh, he's played fantastic football so far this year. Yes. And uh, I got to ask you, and you've been a big fan of of Matt Stafford. I have. This year, and yes. I got to ask you, do you think he's going to keep it up, or do you think that he's going to kind of cool off a little bit? I think at some point he's going to come back down to a normal playing level. But then again, you, you look at what he did in 
in Detroit all these years. This is the level he was playing at in Detroit, yeah. just with no one around him. Right. You look at the years when he actually had Calvin Johnson, a.k.a. Megatron, and you look at the numbers that he put up with those years with just Megatron. Yeah. These, these right here that you're seeing, those were the numbers that he was putting up. Exactly. So I think you're, what you're seeing is the normal Matt Stafford. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe he be he's playing a little bit because he's juiced up and a little more adrenaline lately. But yeah. maybe he'll cool off a tiny bit. But I think he's gonna stay pretty consistent with what you've seen. Yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna make that division fun, especially with the way the Cardinals exactly. are playing. Exactly. So, yeah, I I I 100 agree with you. I think Matt Stafford uh, is just playing his. It's, he's he's playing Matt Stafford there. football. He's playing Matt Stafford football, and now he's got a team around him, and he's got a yeah. defense. That team's going to win a lot of games this year. Yeah, and, I, uh, yeah. It's going to be I, exciting. It's going to be exciting going down the line. You know, maybe if we do a, like a mid-season episode. Yes. And, and kind of maybe. Get well, some, and we already season. talked about who won that trade, and we said. Yeah, hundred percent. We said the Rams did because Stafford's just Stafford's a competitor. Definitely. And he's a winner, and yeah. he wants to win. He's hungry to win. Yeah. Even Definitely. playing for Detroit all those years, he was hungry to win. Oh yeah. So. And now he's yeah. Now that he's got a team that can do that and put put points up on the board, (laughs) and a defense that can stop pretty much anybody, I think you're gonna see. I think you're gonna see them be a tough tough beat in the playoff rounds too. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, so I got one for you. (laughs) Sam Darnold will end up a top five QB by season's end. You know, I'm gonna be honest. Normally, we don't say who wrote what. Yeah. But I'm gonna be honest. I wrote this hot take <laughs> because I I fucking believe it. I am all over the Sam Darnold out of New York train. This guy is a good fucking quarterback. He is, yeah. and, and he's got a team around him. And you know, he is just he's playing to the level that I think a lot of people predicted him to play at yes. when he got drafted. But the problem well, was he got drafted yeah. to the fucking Jets, and they. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I, it's like the Stanford thing. Look, look what happens when you get a team around you. Yeah, I mean, it. It. You can be one of the best quarterbacks that's come out of the draft class and forever, but if you have a team around you that can't do anything, right? I mean, look, look at what the Jets are doing now with <laughs> with Wilson. Come on, I mean, right, right. Yeah, and now yeah. they're blaming him like they did Darnold. It's like, come on. Oh, exactly. It, yeah. At yeah. what point do you look at it and say it's not their fault? It's the freaking franchise's fault. Right, right. And that's <laughs> it's a joke. That's, that's just a tough thing. I mean, he's you know he's top ten in yards so yeah. far through through four games. He's got eleven hundred and eighty nine yards, which is actually number six so far. Uh, you know he's and he's he again he's just a gamer. Five touchdowns. Yeah. The only thing that worries me is he's not throwing the ball particular. I mean, he obviously Carolina's a run first team. He's got five touchdowns to three picks. So I'd like to see him get a little more uh, aggressive in the passing game. Well, I think you're going to see that, especially with McCaffrey being out. Right. Right. But even when McCaffrey comes back, I still want him to be. I I would like to see that. Yeah. And and I still think that he can. Uh, you know, his completion percentage is good. It's almost 70%. He's uh, 99 for 146 so far through the year. The yeah. other problem is, is that the offensive line needs to protect him a little bit. He, yeah. Uh, he's been sacked quite a bit. He's double digits in sacks already, which uh, is tied for sixth uh, in the league uh, at 11. 
Also, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson are, are right there with him. Uh, so kind of, I mean, top 10 as, as far as getting his ass kicked. Um, I but, mean, Burrow was understandable, though, because look at last year. Yeah. He, he was yeah. on pace to become the most sacked quarterback in so, his rookie year. He was going to yeah. beat Carr's record. Yeah. Freaking oof. So he's, uh, he's also top 10 in yards per game so far passing-wise. He's almost at 300 yards per game. Uh, again, impressive. top five in uh, pass yard average, uh, about eight yards a game or eight yards a pass. That's so, I mean, again, I think he's going to be a top five quarterback by year's end as long as he can continue to be aggressive like he was this past week. Yes, got to find he's gonna he's gonna become best friends with DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is going to be a fantastic year too. I think if I if Darnold has a good year, DJ Moore is going to have a good year. So McCaffrey's going to have a good year out of the backfield receiving yeah. for him. As long as McCaffrey, as long as this stint is short for McCaffrey yes. and it doesn't end up like last year, right? Uh, that team is going to make some noise in the playoffs this year. I agree. I, I agree am excited about it uh, as long as they don't beat the Bills. I was so excited for Darnold when he got out of New York. And got oh, yeah. The, the minute that that news broke, I was oh, like, this, I was this so guy, happy for him. Here he goes. Here he goes. I was it's like, time. oh, thank God. It's time, it's time, it's Darnold time. You know what I mean? See, so. And I feel that way about Matt Stafford. Like, I'm so glad yeah. that he got out of oh, yeah. Detroit, and I think he's going to be a top-five quarterback, too. Right, right. I mean, so. it, it. it's nice to see these guys that weren't giving, given a chance at all to succeed finally right. have a chance. Right. And it's, it's refreshing. Yeah. It really is. It definitely is, so. Wow, what a wild episode this was. Know, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of a lot of content, man. A lot of this was a great episode. I had a lot of fun uh, hanging insane. out with you tonight. Again, uh, you know, thanks for doing this for me for six for, yeah. for consecutive weeks now. I'm having a bunch of fun doing it. Oh, it's been a blast. I, I hope the listeners at uh, at home, in your car, at work, wherever you're at, I hope you uh, enjoy listening to us. Yes. I hope you're having as much fun as we are recording this. Yes. Uh, again, tweet at us uh, some positive vibes. Give us some give us some reviews on Google Podcasts. I haven't looked at Google uh-huh. Podcasts yet, but I'm excited to to kind of see you guys and, and let us know how we're doing. Let us know. Yeah, let us know on Twitter. You know, us hit us know. up if you have a hot take you want us to do. Tweet it. Hit us up on tw- Twitter. I mean, at Bearded and Boom. You yeah. know, leave us a review, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, thank you guys so much for uh, tuning into the latest episode of 100% Real with Bearded and Boom. I have been Dylan, aka Boom Shakalaka. That has been Chris, aka Bearded Spartan. We'll see you same time, uh, same time as always next week. And uh, you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next week with another episode. Yep. See you guys.